Welcome to For the Record, behind-the-scenes insider podcast with Colin McCall, where we take a forward-facing look at your environmental requirements and help you make your EHS program an indispensable and strategic part of your company's growth. Remember to sign up for our complimentary For the Record email newsletter. And now, here's your host, Colin McCall. Thanks for tuning in to the latest version of our podcast. I'm Amy Marshall, and today I'm joined by Rich Hamill. This edition of our podcast will give an update on the latest actions we've seen around climate and environmental justice. So let's get started. Rich, first, I'd like to chat a little bit about climate. Can you tell us about what we're seeing recently around the new U.S. climate-related goals? Sure, Amy. Well, some of the goals are included in the infrastructure bill that's currently being debated. And you know, I think one of the things we've seen on a federal level is the goals have been identified in terms of what we want to do and what the requirements are of the Paris Accord. But the proposal for new regulations and how we're going to get there is taking a little bit of a backseat to the infrastructure rule. I think uh, there are parts in there that do address some of our getting towards our climate goals, but there are other parts that have been held back for the follow-up reconciliation process, which wouldn't require the you know 60 votes in the Senate to get through. So there's some activity there, but I think that it's kind of waiting for the infrastructure bill to go through first. So from a policy standpoint, can you remind us kind of what the current administration's stance is on climate? Yeah, well, certainly this is a much more active administration regarding climate change than the previous one. Currently, our our goals are 50% reduction in emissions by 2030, heading towards carbon neutral uh, for 2050, which is what we have committed to for the Paris Accords. The current rule, the infrastructure rule, has, you know, on the one hand, it's got some progress. On the other hand, a lot of the environmentalists are not happy with the amount committed towards climate change related activities. So while on the one hand, there's been a lot of commitment in the infrastructure bill towards transmission lines and and reinforcing that, which is important for the energy future, because a lot of the renewable energy sources like wind and solar are pretty far away from the places that actually need the energy, the urban centers. So buffing up those transmission lines is important, but there's less towards developing clean energy standards and things like uh, greenhouse gas emissions from vehicles in there than some would like to see. Gotcha. So from an air regulatory activity standpoint, what are we seeing recently from a federal standpoint and on the state level? From an air regulatory standpoint, we've seen some activity around the greenhouse gas rules for vehicles that was, you know, sort of pushed by California and then blocked by the previous uh, administration and now reborn. The proposal there hasn't come out yet, and uh, there's you know kind of a lot of debate around it. At a, a larger level, you know, again, it's more about promoting cleaner energy and more efficient vehicles. Uh, but we're kind of waiting for the concrete rules to come out. Are we seeing things on a state level in advance of the overarching federal regulations? Yeah, on the state level, some of the states are taking matters into their own hands. Oregon's probably the most notable still. They're in the public comment period, or their public comment period is just about to start on their rulemaking, and they 
are targeting having a proposed rule by the end of this year that would hopefully take effect sometime in 2022. And they're looking at a lot of different approaches in Oregon, be it offset credits, emission limits for specific facilities, uh, sort of a greenhouse gas backed for different kinds of sources. So they're maybe the most advanced, I think, right now in terms of uh, greenhouse gas related rules. Colorado also has uh, put an addendum out for public debate to their Rule 22, which is their greenhouse gas rules that affects manufacturing and specifically the cement industry. And that's being debated right now. Yeah. And then here in North Carolina, the Environmental Management Commission is considering a petition from an environmental group to establish CO2 standards for energy sources and to join REGI. So we'll see what happens there, too, and whether that's something that expands beyond the states that are already members of REGI. So you mentioned the Paris agreements. Are there things happening on an international level that may have impacts to business here in the U.S.? Yeah, a couple of key announcements actually this week. First of all, the European Union has announced what they're calling the European Green Deal, which is their goals towards the Paris Accord, which projects to get to net zero by 2050. And China has also uh, announced their greenhouse gas proposal around the Paris Accord, which would get them to net zero by 2060. The China one is interesting because it creates a trading program within China, recognizing that they're not going to reach their peak emissions until 2030. So that will no doubt raise some eyebrows in the international community. It seems to be mostly focused internally at this time. In terms of how these might affect the United States, the European one is a little more onerous to us in a sense that Part of their program would levy an import tax on imports from countries that they deem to be not so carbon friendly and whether the United States or specific industries in the United States might be tagged that way and and therefore tariffed remains to be seen. All right. So good update. Sounds like there's a lot going on on the the federal, you know, policy and regulatory level, the state level, and then maybe even the international level with potential impacts to us. So we'll we'll be following that and uh, keeping you all updated. So let's transition a little bit to environmental justice. I know we've done a couple of podcasts and a webinar on environmental justice, and it seems like that landscape is changing just about as frequently as the climate landscape. So what are some different things that we've seen recently on the EJ front, Rich? Yeah, and it's a good segue because right now, nothing that mentions climate change doesn't also mention environmental justice coming out of the federal administration, at least. Well, we just saw today, in fact, some guidance out to the heads of various agencies related to the Justice 40 plan. Again, the Justice 40 plan being the goal that any large-scale government project, infrastructure, or you know whatnot, would provide 40% of its benefit to overburdened communities or environmental justice communities. So the guidance today identifies 21 different programs across government uh, to participate in a pilot in which they would have 60 days to assess what the benefits would be of their various programs related to the Justice 40 plan. One of the things that's interesting is it would also have to define what exactly is a benefit because it's not concretely identified in the plan. It's not necessarily just 40% of the money goes to an overburdened community type project or, or what. So that benefit has to be defined. 
So it's interesting that this is, you know, it was billed as interim guidance. What do we think the next steps are from the federal government on EJ? Well, you know, we're kind of all waiting for the the concrete stuff. The Clean Future Act is still out there. That was, you know, proposed in March and is currently in committee for debate. That, of course, is a big plan that actually includes a lot of aspects of the climate change stuff as well. But environmental justice is a key a key portion of that. EPA has also announced that in terms of dealing with environmental issues in overburdened communities, environmental crimes, they're going to prioritize criminal enforcement of uh, environmental crimes in those areas. So, you know, getting away from things like fines and, and talking about true criminal proceedings that involve the Department of Justice might be a little more onerous or scary to uh, some of the industries in there. And I think that's what the, the government is looking at. I think what we're finding, though, in general, is a lot of the states and industry are kind of waiting to see, you know, the, the government is talking a lot but what are the actual proposals and requirements going to be? Because you can't react to a proposal that's not yet out there. And to give a specific example, one of the one of the cases we've been looking at pretty closely is the reserve management group case in Illinois, where a, an ironworks that was given a permit by Illinois EPA uh, had that permit suspended on the recommendation or request of the federal EPA to Illinois EPA and the governor on the grounds that they didn't feel that the environmental justice concerns had been greatly addressed. And just recently, the Illinois Chamber of Commerce, along with a number of other organizations, essentially challenged them saying on a kind of an item by item basis, you know, you say a more thorough investigation is required. What does that mean? What specifically do you want us to do? You say that the study lacked uh, completeness. What did it lack specifically? So they're basically, you know, they want cards on the table in terms of what they're supposed to do. So that pushback is is interesting. And, and it has national implications because if the federal government steps in and starts blocking uh, permits on environmental justice concerns, you know, that, that becomes a, a pretty onerous to industry. So we've seen a couple of these different cases. And although there might be an environmental justice component, what other mechanisms have we seen where EPA or the state has has blocked permits or come in with consent orders? Right. Well, they can act under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act now to penalize state agencies, essentially, that haven't taken environmental concerns into consideration to the same level that the federal government would like them to. And by doing that, they can threaten to remove funding from those agencies unless they remedy the situation. And that hasn't ever happened in practice, but we're starting to see it talked about. And we know that recently there was a case in Missouri where Missouri DNR has been sort of threatened under the uh, Civil Rights Act Title VI to reevaluate a permit that they issued for environmental justice concerns. Do we have a good tool yet where it's we can do sort of a black and white evaluation on, you know, whether a community surrounding a facility is an environmental justice community or an overburdened community? Yeah, well, we have good experience with the the EJ screen tool, which is EPA's tool that cross indexes a lot of the environmental justice related concerns like poverty levels, English speaking racial inequity, things like that, with environmental concerns to create scores. And while that 
that tool is not designed to specifically red flag this community is overburdened or not. That's what a lot of the states are using to determine that. We can take a look at a facility or a number of facilities uh, in a specific industry, and I make a pretty good assessment as to whether uh, you know they would be considered in or adjacent to an environmental justice community, and uh, you know whether we might recommend that they take some kind of action like public outreach or or something similar. Okay, and I know we've been following you know EJ policies and regulations and activity kind of levels of public concern across all of the states. Is there any other recent activity you'd like to highlight? Well, I mean the a lot of the states are developing their either their EJ programs or in some cases regulatory aspects of environmental justice in their permitting process. California being one that has a rule in committee right now that would add additional requirements if their tool, CalEnviro Screen, uh, identified a community as as overburdened. And that tool does specifically actually say this is overburdened or, or not. Outside of that, a lot of them are creating sort of outreach programs and things like that that would assess environmental justice with maybe not concrete regulations at this time. Okay. So I know that's something that we're continuing to follow. We'll continue to keep everybody updated on what we're seeing from both the EJ and the climate front. Any other closing remarks, Rich? No, I mean, I think with EJ, one of the critical things is that it has, and especially because it's not entirely regulated yet, it has created avenues for interveners to attack permits. And, you know, environmental justice comes along with a lot of buzzwords or dog whistle type, you know, topics like racial inequity and poverty and things like that, which are, you know, obviously very important that uh, the media tends to latch on to. And that can create some uh, problems for industry who may, aside from that, be complying with every standard they need to comply with. Because once it becomes a media thing, that's no longer you know sufficient, really, in the, in the public eye. So, how do you, you know, what do you do to bolster yourself against that and participate in that community is a, an important question. Yep, it's hard for us engineers to deal with emotions. Sometimes we we deal in facts. We use numbers. <laughs> We're all about numbers. Yep. So, all right. Very good. Well, thanks for the update today, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to our latest podcast and we'll continue to keep you all updated. You've been listening to For the Record Behind the Scenes Insider Podcast with Colin McCall. Remember to sign up for our complimentary For the Record email newsletter to get weekly news and articles on a variety of timely EHS issues. The content heard on this podcast is not intended to replace an evaluation of the specific projects and regulations that you are encountering at your company.